Welcome to Soul Self. I'm your host, Shayna, a mindset coach and master energy healer here to provide a conscious view and tools on navigating goddess spirituality. Here we discuss all things love, sex, relationships, mindset, manifesting confidence, and more. So you can live an abundant, stress-free life full of pleasure and be the woman that lights up a room. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I am super excited for today's episode and to answer your questions, which came from my Instagram story. So before we dive in, I want to let you guys know that these podcasts are precursors to working with me on a deeper level. So if these topics are interesting and you want to work more so on self-love, confidence, your wealth frequency, divine sexuality, and anything of that nature, then definitely reach out to me so that we can have a one-on-one session and work with your particular experiences and perspectives. So let's get into today's episode about trauma bonding. So full disclaimer, if you are in a relationship right now and you realize that it is a trauma bonding, it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong relationship As long as you are now in a healthy relationship with open communication and have beautiful highs and less lows, but if you are not, then this is definitely an invitation to think about whether you want to continue being in a trauma bond relationship. So you know when you meet someone and sparks are flying and when he texts you and calls you, you feel amazing and if he doesn't, you feel shitty, you're overthinking and crying, wondering what the fuck's going on? That, my friend, is a trauma bond. And I actually had a client ask me, why is it that when I'm dating a new person, I'm craving his attention? And I actually explained to her, you're not craving his attention you're craving daddy's attention. And those highs and lows that you're experiencing is actually a trauma bond. So what happens is our nervous system knows this, it recognizes it, and it's familiar. So that's why we repeatedly manifest those same kinds of relationships. So for this particular individual, growing up, her dad would come and go um, for business trips, like three, four weeks at a time. And her nervous system, her subconscious mind, automatically manifests this in her romantic relationships as well. And that's because our nervous system is just so used to it. Um, So when you have a trauma bond and it's shown, basically anything that you're not familiar with, um, that's like not familiar to your nervous system, appears to be boring for you. So something that can actually be really good for you you're, you'd be like, you dismiss it because there's no immediate spark. And I'm not talking about, oh yeah, he's kind of cute. I'm talking about electricity of like, oh my God, rip my clothes off and ravish me. Like that's the kind of spark I'm talking about. So when this kind of spark isn't present on the first date, we automatically ditch the person saying, ah, it's not a vibe. When in actual fact, sometimes not having that spark is actually a really good thing because then that means that there's no trauma bond, at least not yet. And trauma bonds can show up later as you slowly move into the relationship because, but because you're not addicted to this relationship and your nervous system isn't going through this hormonal roller coaster from the get-go, you're actually able to pick up red flags easier 
And then you're able to just kind of leave that person without being a jerk to them. So when you connect with someone because of a trauma bond, it's actually harder to leave them because you're so addicted to that relationship. That relationship is an adrenaline rush for you. And that addiction is simply a trauma bond. I mean, bottom line, you know, so a basic understanding of trauma for starters, which I've actually mentioned in one of my previous podcasts is that a lot of people think trauma means you have to be raped, witness murder, whatever, but it is not that severe. All trauma is, is an energetic block in your body where there's energy stuck in your body because you didn't finish a cycle. So in the wild, animals actually finish their trauma cycles and humans often don't because we get so stuck in the trauma. And we do this by telling ourselves not to cry or by being told not to cry. And that's how we end up blocking trauma inside of us. So key takeaway, anytime you feel like crying, please purge it out or else you're doing a huge disservice to yourself. But point being is this hormonal roller coaster that I'm talking about is your body starts to release cortisol and adrenaline. And if you don't do the work to clear your trauma subconsciously, then your body continues to secrete cortisol and adrenaline even when the actual trauma is over. And even when the actual threat itself has disappeared. So your body will continue to elicit, especially when you get triggered, which is why I always say triggers are an opportunity and it shows us what we actually need to work on. So one of two things happens. Um, For ladies, you might have a really bad period cycle where you don't get periods or your periods are just very long and heavy and PMS is like really bad. Um, or for men and women, you might have a decrease in libido. And what happens is due to the rush of cortisol, which is actually subconscious, right? Because you don't realize what's happening. Like you don't even consider there to be a stress response in your environment. Um, but you become addicted to this release of cortisol in this adrenaline itself because these are actually very addictive um, hormones that are released in our bodies. But this is actually why people who have dealt with a lot of trauma or even men who have um, like served in the military and stuff, this is why they only feel like alive, so to speak, in the face of danger where their body is actually secreting loads of cortisol and adrenaline because it's addictive and it feels good. And I think we can all agree that having a good adrenaline rush is kind of like, you know, a good thing. Like it actually does feel good. But now this then relates to a trauma cycle. Like why do you need an adrenaline rush when you're trying to have a romantic relationship with someone? Right? So for example, if he doesn't text you, And then suddenly he does. You have this surge of happiness and energy and it's exciting, right? It's like, yes, like he actually contacted me. And then what happens is you get this hit of dopamine and serotonin. So then that little hit of dopamine and serotonin actually becomes an addiction for you. And this is what keeps you hooked and going on with the relationship. And this makes you want them more 
even though you might know that you shouldn't be with them. But this is why a lot of times people are unable to leave these vicious cycles. So another thing, if you're a dude um, and she's like playing hard to get, that can actually be a trauma bond because there's a difference between a woman who is drawing you in and deciphering if you're worthy of her versus a woman who is being a complete bitch. So guys obviously are meant to chase, but are you actually addicted to that release of adrenaline and cortisol or is there actually something that can be long-term sustenance in fostering a healthy relationship? That's what you need to ask yourself. So here's the formula. Cortisol and adrenaline and then those small hits of dopamine and serotonin is you know, from when they send you like a good morning text or compliment you or ask you if you want to meet up, that is what makes you say, okay, I'm going to continue dating this person even though I know I shouldn't, right? Then when you're crying the day before because he hasn't texted you or whatever, you know, this is a trauma bond. And then another thing is that because of the trauma bond, you're so addicted that you don't feel the need to express and tell this person like, hey, what you're doing isn't cool, it's disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. You're just like feeding off those little crumbs that they give you and considering it nourishment when you're really just starving. So this is where doing inner work is very important because if you don't feel worthy of something or if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum where you feel like you're too much for others, what can happen is those little bits of dopamine and serotonin from the crumb of love actually feels really good so then you completely dismiss and disregard the things that this person is actually not doing for you for example not texting you not making plans not talking in the sense of you two having a future together or maybe he cancels on you so those bits of dopamine and oxytocin are actually making you forget all of this because your head is in such a high from when he does do those things. So those little crumbs are actually keeping you hooked. And when you do the inner work, you actually feel whole. You feel loved. You feel complete. And you know what? You're not going to tolerate other people's bullshit. You're actually going to stand up for yourself and tell them, hey, this is unacceptable. So another thing with trauma bonding is that you actually crave drama. So I actually have a personal example from one of my first relationships ever. I actually had a fight with my partner about how we don't fight. And my reasoning was that if we don't fight, it means that we don't love one another or that we're not really showing our true colors. And now I see how absurd it was. (laughs) But what's important to understand is that People secretly crave drama in their relationships and you can become addicted to those moments of release of that hormonal roller coaster I was explaining and it's really important to become aware of what your patterns are and know that you are going to learn and grow through it all but it's really important to monitor whether you are self-sabotaging because you're finding this quote problem When there's actually no trauma, drama, or fighting, and the first step is self-sabotage. And you got to know why and how you're self-sabotaging. Then you say, hey, I see you. 
could try, but we're not doing that. So I'll just say, if you are secretly craving drama in your relationship, that is trauma bonding. Another example I have of this is something that I've experienced where I would break up with my partner just so he would chase me. That, that's what would make me feel loved. And then we'd make up and get back together. And it was this vicious cycle. And it was just happening so often. And what I now know and understand is that I was actually acting from a place of woundedness because I didn't know how to express what I was actually desiring and he didn't know how to express it either. And it's funny because both of us were actually into doing inner work and personal development. Um, More so me, he just read books and sorry, not sorry, but reading books, watching videos is actually not going to help you that much. There's a lot more to inner healing and self-work than people think. Like, this work is deep. And if you want it to be transformational, you need to have an accountability partner, whether that's a coach, a healer, a therapist, a counselor. I don't know. Do and go to whoever resonates with you, whether it's me, whether it's someone else. But that's where you are going to get the most improvement. And it is the best investment you can ever make in yourself. So a lot of us actually have these desires, right? And we don't really know how to express them. And there's this false sense of expectation. You know, if you're constantly, another thing is if you're constantly worried about setting your partner off because you don't want them to leave, that's a trauma bond. And you should be able to say what you think, how you feel, what's on your mind and in your heart. And if they want to leave, then fuck them because You want to be with someone who is actually for you. You want to be with someone who understands you. And that's why it's so important to communicate. And I feel like everyone says that communication is important. But at the same time, everyone's definition, understanding, and perspectives are different. Based on our upbringings. Based on our previous relationships. So if you're really serious, then take some personality tests. Read an article together and share your perspectives and trust me, it will go a long way. Um, okay, monkey brain. So um, I think it's really crucial for everyone to just kind of talk about what their definition of things are and then kind of go from there. But another thing that, you know, with relationships is you want to be with someone who you can bring your darkest side and put it on the table And let them fully see, love, and appreciate you. That's the kind of relationship you want to be in. Um, Okay, back to trauma bonding. So, another thing with trauma bonding is brushing off bad behavior. One thing I've learned is to never make excuses for other people. And this is kind of where I think Disney has really done a number on us. Because we've been programmed to believe that you want electricity. And they literally put graphics there to stimulate our brains. So if there's electricity, then it's meant to be. And what happens is your brain thinks, oh, I know this person. And it's like, yeah, they're exactly like my mother. They're exactly like my father. And that's what your nervous system is doing. Because it's so used to it. And then we're told, oh, if there's no spark, no vibe, go on a date with someone else. Like... We're never really told or encouraged like, hey, why not get to know that person, you know? And why do you have to like want to rip someone's clothes off or want to know that 
you want to absolutely marry that person the first time. That's Disney, dude. That's what Disney has done to our mind. And it's a fucking ridiculous expectation. And you know what? That's not reality at all. And even if it was, it would either be sexual harassment or just downright awkward. <laughs> um, and I suppose there is a third option that even if someone were to fully show up and provide all those things, meet all those expectations, you wouldn't be able to fully receive or reciprocate it. So I guess here's the scenario, right? Is you meet someone and they come off as boring, vanilla, not a match, too easy. Um, or maybe they're just too fucking good, right? Like, oh, this is too good to be true. There you go. You've got yourself your Disney prince and you're pushing it away because you are not in your heart and you're not able to tune into your intuition. Therefore, you don't even know that they're actually really good for you. So another thing with society is that we've become so obsessed with how we're meeting people. And notice this, you guys. Like, notice this. When you meet someone through online dating, social media, or friends hooking you up, there's like nothing sexy about it. But it's easier because you're not already in a fantasy land when you meet them. So when you meet them, and you, then you ask yourself, like, do I like this person? Do I like this person's character, personality? Do we get along? Are there any red flags? It's kind of like this interview process. And you assess everything. And you're in this place of groundedness. So you have more clarity. And I think that's a good thing with online communities. It's kind of created a way for people to see if they actually like the person or not, right? I mean, given your profile picture and intention will call in particular types of people, um, but with like online dating, in actuality, dating isn't hard because you're either creating trauma bonds or you're dismissing everyone as being boring because you're actually seeking a trauma bond since your central nervous system isn't expanded and it doesn't really know what's normal. So that's what I have to say about trauma bonds. Now I'm going to get into your questions. So let me pull up the questions in my phone. Okay. So the first question is how to release wounded hearts with former partners. How to release wounded hearts with former partners. Okay. Um, I will actually never give you resources and processes, not resources, processes, um, because you do need to pay to get the value and I need to be able to hold that safe space for you, that container, or else you can actually end up causing more trauma for yourself. So if you want to do womb work, womb clearing, contact me for one-on-one sessions. Next question, should we be part of our partner's trauma healing process or should that be on them? So I think that you should do your own trauma healing and they should do their own. And it can actually be a really beautiful process if you both do it at the same time. So you can kind of share your insights and be really vulnerable with one another. Um, But then again, if you want to do it separately, then you want to have your own coaches and healers. But if you do go to the same person, don't have sessions together unless until your coach allows you to both have individual and couple sessions together. 
Um, I don't know if that makes sense. So I actually have a couple that I work with where I'll have one-on-one sessions with the boyfriend and then the girlfriend, and then we'll have one together, like, once a quarter or as needed. Um, But, yeah. So the reason that you actually don't want to do trauma work together is because you both have your own perspectives, experiences, and shit to deal with. So kind of think of it as like a relationship being the byproduct of both of you together. And if you want to fix the outcome of the relationship, you got to work on your shit separately. Next question is, what is the healthiest way to get mental distance from trauma bonding? I would say doing this work and expanding your nervous system where you actually feel safe enough to sit in your trauma And that is a challenge within itself. So I highly recommend getting an accountability partner. Next uh, is I always want to be with my partner. I cannot be without him. Okay, sweetie, that sounds like a trauma bond and you need to work on yourself so you don't forget and lose your own identity. If you're in a relationship where there's no trauma bond, then you won't lose yourself. So For example, some people have this thing where they think if I put a label on a relationship, it's going to be boring or on the flip side, everything is going to fall apart once we have a title. So if you have that kind of definition, can you see how that's not like already not a healthy relationship to start off with? Because for like in my mind, if you're in a relationship, you actually make one another better people. And when someone expresses that to me, it's a huge red flag. Like, I don't want to be taking away from your work, you know, it's, I don't want someone to think like, oh, things are going to get weird, life's going to get worse, like, I want it to be like, fuck yes, I'm going to celebrate you as my girlfriend every damn day, we're better as a team, we're a dynamic duo, like, it's so healthy to be two individual people, killing it at life separately, and then even more when you're uniting. So it's all really about working on yourself and being so in love with yourself that you don't date people who don't make you feel like you're losing yourself, that you're not enough for them, or that you're too much for them. Next question. What is your advice on second chances? I love this question. Okay. So I believe that everyone deserves a second chance because people do make mistakes and people do change. And I think that if you have changed and that person has changed and circumstances have changed, absolutely give them a second chance because one thing you don't want to do is sit around and wonder, oh, what if, what if I did try again with him, this and that, you know? I will say that if the trust was broken, it can actually take a really long time before the relationship can succeed. So what happens is, Resentment has to fade in order to rebuild trust and both of you have to work on it individually and I actually do have like processes in which we can clear resentment but another thing is that with second chances I actually don't like when people um, say like oh he's a cheater why would you get back with him like this and that like what people don't understand is that what actually happens and I know this is going to be really hard to hear for some people but when a man is not in a clear mental space, um, they actually don't recall cheating. So they're so swept away in those two hours of it happening that they literally won't even realize that it was wrong 
And I know this can be really hard to hear, but it's funny, right? Because some of my clients actually tell me, like their partners tell them, yeah, I wasn't even there. I don't even remember or that they, they didn't think that it was wrong, but they know it's wrong. And that's all because of their mental capacity at that moment. So at the end of the day, giving people second chances is a beautiful thing. And I am so here for it because you can't shame people for going back to their cheaters. Like people make mistakes and it's important to forgive them because if you want to be forgiven, then you need to learn how to forgive others. And it's important to give second chances from a place, a deep place in your heart with love, not a trauma bond. And maybe you want to make sure that you have some steps in place, like, okay, if you want to get back together, you need to do X, Y, and Z before we can give it a second shot. And also, I don't want you to give someone a second chance just because I say so. Really tune into your heart. Like, what does your heart want? Your heart will never steer you wrong. And another thing is sometimes we have to date the same person multiple times just to realize how bad they actually are for us. Next question is, how do you know if someone is bad for you? Um, I kind of answered this question, but basically you have to recognize your own pattern and sense of being. If you're addicted to them, then they're most likely just a trauma bond. And don't be stressed, obsessed, sitting next to your phone. Then that's how you know it's not a trauma bond. Next question, how, how do I identify a narcissist on early dates? Okay, so two things. If someone, mm, okay, if someone is like all about themselves and they talk about like themselves from a place of ego, not confidence, then they are definitely an unhealthy narcissist. Um, So another thing is that we all have some degree of narcissism, which I highly recommend researching and learning all about the different types of narcissists, what kind of narcissist you are, how to spot the different types. And, you know, this might even help you reflect on yourself and your own things to work on. But if someone just talks about themselves all the time, or if you tell them something like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, I told you that I'm going to go do this with my friend. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, they don't remember at all. That means they're all about themselves. And honestly, follow your intuition. Because if someone's not being genuine, you will know. Next question is, do we stay with our partners because they trigger us or do we walk away? Hmm. So this is all about you because you don't walk away from someone just because they trigger you. You need to do the work on yourself to heal that trigger. And if you leave that person, you best believe the universe will bring you someone else that will bring out those triggers in you. Whether it's a friend, a workplace, a romantic partner, someone in your family. Families are the number one trigger. Let me tell you, if you think you're enlightened, spend time with your family and you'll realize how you are not that enlightened. Um, But yeah, so I say if someone triggers your shadows, then definitely work on your shadows. That's beautiful because real talk, relationships trigger everything and it's beautiful. Just work on it. Next question is, what is the difference between a trauma bond and a trigger? Okay, so this is a great question. A trauma bond usually has these highs and lows. It's the adrenaline rush that you can get addicted to, right? The hormonal roller coaster I was explaining. 
So you're addicted to an abusive cycle. Not that they're an abuser, but you can actually be addicted to an abusive relationship. Um, and that's actually a trauma bond as well. So someone who triggers you are will most likely be a stable person, but they're triggering you because they are setting their boundaries because they know their worth or they're independent. So that's not a trauma bond. That person is actually sturdy within themselves and they're bringing up shit for you to work on. So it doesn't really come from them being a shitty person and your nervous system being up and down. They trigger you because deep down you actually know they're right. So an example of this can be someone not calling and texting you all day, but then at the end of the day, they're like, hey, I'm sorry, I had a really long day, right? And this is where it's important for you to not be codependent. And a really great book I actually recommend is by Melody Cooper. I don't remember the name, but the name of the book is Codependent No More. Amazing book. I highly recommend everyone reads it. Um, Or if someone says, I'm going to hang out with my friends on Saturdays, so let's do something Sunday morning, you know, then that's just them knowing their priorities and setting their boundaries, right? And another thing I want you to know is that when it comes to codependency, like, I think we humans have, we need one another, we have to rely on one another, and life is so much more enjoyable, and we're meant to be with other people, so it drives me really crazy when people say codependency is so bad, because the truth is, we need one another. Like when we're born, our parents love and nurture us so that we can grow properly, you know, and life will be very hard if you're trying to do everything by yourself all the time. So that answers that question. Next question is, how does going through a trauma affect the quality of a relationship? That just depends on how you work together. So trauma is the big thing and all of us have gone through it, whether it's related to sex, money, love, health, whatever, but it's so crucial to work on it or else you're doing a huge disservice to yourself and your relationship or future relationships down the lane. So I highly recommend doing your inner work, you know, even if your partner is not into this stuff, go to a coach, a healer, a therapist, counselor, whatever, because if you actually care about your relationship and you want an amazing relationship, you need to work on your trauma. You need to work on your shadow side because it doesn't just go away by talking about it. It doesn't just go away by praying about it. You know, if you invest in getting your nails done, massage, facials, eating organic foods, supplements, whatever, I mean, invest in your mental, energetic, and emotional health as well. So the quality of the relationship depends on how you work through the trauma. You can end up a lot closer together or completely on the other end of the spectrum. Can you explain twin flames and soulmates? Okay, so I've come to a conclusion, um, which I think is going to be pretty valuable to anyone listening who is familiar with this. I believe that we have many soulmates and that we have different soulmates depending on where we are in our lives, what we need to learn, and I believe some of them help us go through our breakthroughs, others bring awareness to what we need to heal so that we can become better versions of ourselves for our future partners. And another thing I believe is that just because there are so many, like that we have so many soulmates, it doesn't mean it has to be romantic and have a happily ever after, you know, 
a soulmate can be someone that you have an amazing friendship with as well and I know for me I want to be in a relationship that is healthy where I do my thing he does his thing and we come together and we're a dynamic duo you know well we get to travel together have full open hearted conversations and all that jazz and the person you want to be with feels like home you don't want electricity and butterflies you don't want an adrenaline rush you want to feel relaxed and at ease that's the kind of person you want to be with because you know what butterflies and all that stuff are that's just your intuition saying to get away and trust me I know when we were younger all of us dealt with that basically choosing a partner is actually really easy it's a person who doesn't make you crave and seek and do the whole run hide and chase bullshit next question why do we date the guys who treat us like our dads because that's all you know and that's your childhood wound playing out so when you do this work when you reprogram yourself then you stop attracting it and if you do have an attraction then you're able to recognize it and just shut it down so a major takeaway is that I want you to notice that if you are in a relationship is your relationship constantly going up and down up and down and if it's not you know then that's healthy like you can absolutely change it um, and if it is then there's definitely some things to consider like why do I do this how is this related to my dad when did I have these moments maybe it wasn't your dad maybe you know it was your brother or your uncle like if your father wasn't in the picture maybe it was a your first love because we place a very high emphasis on them a lot of self-reflection next question why do people ghost it's just a trauma and they don't know how to be honest with themselves so they don't really know how to tell a person like hey you're a great person but I'm just not that into you um last question is how do you get rid of resentment mm. okay so you get space and you do whatever you need to do before you see your partner again or else that resentment will build up and boil within you and you can't really forget what people have done but you can't release triggers from the event that they have done like you really have to sit and take a day by yourself and you can't make the memory go away but you can change the memory if that makes sense so your body stops relapsing into trauma cycles and generally when it comes to trust for the feminine it's not just about the masculine saying things but actually showing up and taking action so it's really important to get clear with your partner on what he needs to do in order for you to have trust again and honestly time as well time heals wounds so that's that um i know this was actually a lot and i hope i've answered all your questions if you have any questions comments concerns guidance insight feedback for me hit me up on instagram at true underscore enfoldment or you can send me an email at trueunfoldment at gmail.com and i will talk to you all next week peace and love 
I hope you got lots of inspiration and empowerment from today's episode. I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review and share this podcast so I can help as many women as possible step into their divinity. To work with me or stay inspired, follow me on Instagram at true underscore unfoldment or check out my website trueunfoldment.com.